You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. kingdom together. David had a deep consciousness of who God was. He had a deep consciousness that God was able to do that which God has said he would do. We all have promises in God's word, and we need to be 100% sure, convinced, and confident that God is able to do that what he says he'll do. That's faith. We have to believe that. Sometimes your circumstances feel so dire that you may be tempted to believe God has lost control. Things seem far from what He's promised. Yet, as Pastor Dave will teach today, God is faithful. He is sovereign and will do everything He's promised to do. You must have faith no matter what you're experiencing. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 3. As he continues his message, David mourns Abner. also have a refuge. His name is Jesus Christ. We sang, He is our refuge. He is our strength. We need to cling to Him, and we should never be lured away from Him. See, Joab here is like a a type of evil, luring away Abner from David, just like the world, the flesh, and the devil want to lure you away from Christ. And they dangle all sorts of wonderful, neat little things in your, in your head. And some of them are good things. Some of them are good things. And when you grab at them, when you snatch at them, you become lured away from Christ, disassociated with Christ because you're doing these good things. Even family can come in the way of you and Christ. Family can come in the way, and family is a good thing. But if it comes before Christ, it can get in trouble. We cannot give up our protection. We cannot lose our protection. It's found in Jesus Christ. Abner was a great man of war. He was a commander of the army of Saul. He was loyal to a fault, but David said he died like a fool because he knew that Hebron was a city of refuge and he was lured outside of the city where he could be killed. We need to stay in the shadow of his wings. i got a, a... a reference here that I have to look at, see what it says. Oh, yeah. 1334 of Luke. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. Picture of God wanting to gather you together. Squeeze you tight. Hold on to you. Are you willing to let him do that? in your trouble, in the midst of your hard time? Are you willing to let them do that? You'll find great comfort in that. You'll find great soothing and great strength in that as he gathers you together. Just let him wrap his arms around you. Don't step away from the refuge. Don't get out of Christ. Don't get away from Christ. 
Look at 35 and 36. And when all the people came to persuade David to eat food while it was still day, David took an oath saying, God, do so to me and or also if I taste bread or anything else till the sun goes down. Now all the people took note of it and it pleased them since whatever the king did pleased all the people. I like that. Whatever the king did pleased all the people. Naturally. King tells a joke. Guess what? Everybody laughs. (laughs) You better. (laughs) You better laugh. David was behaving very wisely here. He was allowing God to work. He was allowing God to establish the kingdom with him. In other words, even though he knew that he'd been anointed by God, he knew he was the king of Israel. He knew he was the king of all of Israel, not just Judah. He figured if God anointed me king and God wants me to get king, God's able to work out the circumstances. If you're a child of God, you know, we used to sing sing a song, he is able. He's able to do whatever concerns me today. He's able. He's more than able. He will do whatever concerns you if you allow him to do it. If you roll your sleeves up and push him out of the way, then he'll let you do it until you cry back to him. David isn't trying to work things out for himself. He's letting God take care of these things. He's behaving very wisely here. We've seen David at his best, and we've seen David at his worst, and we're going to continue to see this. And I like this David. Last week I told you I didn't like that David. But this week I like this David. He's on the rebound. He's behaving wisely. He's behaving prudently. And the people are beginning to notice it. People are feeling friendly to him. They're feeling feeling his kindness. David shows a ton of heart here. And he does the right thing. And he's not promoting himself. That's what I love about David. He's promoting God. I love that. So many of us want to promote ourselves. So many of us want to be, you know, I've said this before. How many times have you ever heard somebody said, we want to be number two? I think Avis is the only people that ever said that. I'm dating myself now, right? Okay. One of the Psalms, the psalmist said this in Psalm 75, verse 6, exaltation comes not from the east or the west, but promotion comes from the Lord. You want to be promoted in the Lord? Stay with the Lord. Be faithful to him. Be faithful in the little things. He'll make you faithful in many things. Stay with the Lord. Many people come through those doors and they want to be promoted. They see this stage and go, ooh, I want to be on stage. They want to be up front. Well, you can help us out. Well, what do you want me to do? Well, go back with the kids. Oh, I can't kid. I can't do the kids. Well, that's okay. We've got toilets that need to be cleaned. Whoa, wait a minute now. I draw the line of toilets. What would you like to do? I want to sing on the worship team. I want to be up front. God will promote you. God will raise you up. God will demonstrate in you a characteristics that's appealing to the leadership here, and we'll recognize it, and we'll raise you up as God shows us you. As you wait on God, and you minister to God, and serve his people, and do things. I love the fact when I see someone vacuuming who we didn't ask to vacuum. That's a heart. That's a heart. Someone who comes in and gets a vacuum and starts vacuuming for no reason at all. We never ask the person to vacuum, and they're there vacuuming. I love that kind of stuff. I think that's cool. That's great. That shows me a heart to serve God. Shows me a heart to serve God. Hey, could you vacuum there? Oh, I don't vacuum. Meanwhile, this other person's out there vacuuming. We never asked them to. It's an important lesson. It would be good if each of us would follow the same thing. It seems that too many people are out to hype themselves and hype their programs. The world is filled with big hypes. Super Bowl, it's a big hype. 
It's a great big hype. Super Bowl, everybody wants to hype up this, hype up that. Even at the Olympics these days. You know, even the Olympics, these kids are all about themselves. They're all, you know, they're all macho. They're all about themselves. Well, one thing I loved about the Eagles is they were giving glory to God. They were giving glory to Jesus Christ. I love that. You don't see that in professional sports. And I haven't heard one Olympian give glory to God yet. You may have, but I have not. And I've not heard one give glory to God or even mention God. Not one of them. But they all said, yeah, whoa, yeah. It's all hype. We have to have the kind of confidence of God who said, if this is what God wants, if God really wants this, then God will bring it to pass. God will make it happen. If God really wants this, he'll make it happen. That's the way it was before I came down here. If you want me to be a pastor, as you promised to be 17 years ago, if you're going to make it happen, it's going to happen. When my wife said, I'm not going, I said, Lord, if you want to make it happen, you'll have her want to come with me. And after she prayed a while, she said she was coming. That was nice. I'm kind of glad she came, to tell you the truth. But see, she allowed the Lord to work. If the Lord's going to do it, if, if, we're going to, if we're going to do something, we let the Lord work on it. The best advice I ever had from my pastor, Frank Cipollino, up in Vineland, was he said, be a spectator. I love watching what the Lord's doing. I love just watch, looking around, seeing what the Lord's doing in your lives and in my lives and in this church life. I love what he's doing here. I love the way he's moving and working and what he's doing. is fantastic. God is able to work his purposes in my life. And I don't need to push things to have it happen. I know we all have a time schedule, and our time is not God's time. And we want God, hurry up. Chop, chop. Cop, come on, God. Let's go. We've got to get this done. God doesn't work that way. If I push myself ahead of God, I get out of his will. If I push myself ahead of God, I'm out of his will, and then I'm in big trouble. It's better to kick back and go, okay, God, if this is what you want, I'm open to it. I'm ready for it. I'm going to let you work things out first. That doesn't mean if you're out of a job that you sit back and wait for the phone call to ring and say, hey, we got a job that's going to pay $100,000 a year. Come on out. No. That means you got to look for a job, that you got to pray about it and search the papers and go out and look for a job. So what happened here. David was king already. He was king. He knew that God was going to restore the, the nation together, but he wasn't going to push it. David was not going to push it. And I say, look what God has done here. You don't see advertisements. We don't advertise in the paper. We don't have any advertisements in the Herald come, come Easter or Christmas. We don't have any advertisements here. We don't have slick advertisements. Our radio program is very simple. There's not a lot of hype and slick advertisement on our radio program. But God is doing the work. It's not me. People say, what are you going to, get, what are you going to do to get people to come to your church? I'm going to preach God's word, and the rest is up to him. Read Acts 2, 47. And God added to the church daily those who would be saved. You know, I'm, I can sit back and go, hey, man, it's not my job. It's not my job. My job is to preach God's word. He'll take care of the rest. And look what he's done. Look what he's done. Those of you that have been with us for a while, you see what God has done. You see how far he's brought us. You see what he's doing. And he's doing the work, and he's getting all the credit. Dare I take any credit for anything he's done? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I refuse. But God is doing the work here, not, not me. And he's using you. All of you, he's using us together as one. He's using us mightily to reach this community. And he's not done yet. He has other things he wants to do. I mean, it seems like we're just the tip of the iceberg. It seems like we're, we're moving on there. 
You know? That when we strive to attain a goal, if we strive to attain a goal, I've seen churches before where they have a goal each week for their tithes. And when they write it down, they go, ooh, we got to get back to the tithes, you know? You then, when you strive to attain a goal, you have to strive constantly to maintain that goal. You know what I mean? You have to constantly strive. Well, that's work. That's work. You strive to maintain a goal. Hey, you know, God's in charge. This is his church. This is his church. You can just relax and let God do the work. The work of the Lord, the purposes of God, he is fully able to accomplish. And that's what David is doing here. He's relaxing. He didn't like what happened to Abner because he knew. He, he welcomed Abner. You read the verses in chapter 3. He welcomed Abner. And I thought Abner was kind of a shady guy. I thought Abner might have had some ulterior motives or anything. But David welcomed him. He saw something because he knew that God wanted the kingdom together. David had a deep consciousness of who God was. He had a deep consciousness that God was able to do that which God has said he would do. We all have promises in God's word. And we need to be 100% sure, convinced, and confident that God is able to do that what he says he'll do. That's faith. We have to believe that. We have to believe that. God is doing a mighty work. He's doing a mighty work in David. And he's just allowing things to grow. We can learn so much from this for David's example. Because everything that David did was pleasing as the king because he acted wisely. He, he went to God. He's not rejoicing that the man fought against him. He's not rejoicing that his enemy was once dead. David was a man of mercy. David was a man of compassion. David was a man of forgiveness. And I just love this David. I love this David. A couple of chapters, I'm not going to like David again. But right now, I just like this guy. He really is great. In verse 37, it says, For all the people in all Israel understood that that day it had not been the king's intent to kill Abner, the son of Ner. The people knew that David is innocent of Abner's blood, and this was extremely important. This was extremely important, because if they had held him responsible, they, the, 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 the nation would have never joined the nation would have never joined. They would have probably all started following Ishbosheth. David laments for himself in 38 and 39. David starts to lament for himself. He laments for himself. Let's finish out. Then the king said to his servants, Do you not know that a prince, a great man, has fallen this day in Israel? And I am weak today, though anointed king. And these men, he's talking about Joab and his, and his brothers, the sons of Zariah, are too harsh for me. The Lord shall repay the evildoer according to his wickedness. Oh. Now this is heard by only a select few of David's men. And here David is starting to express the problems that he's having with his own family, basically his nephews, Joab and his brother Abishai. The word used here for weak does not mean strong enough. It means restrained and gentle in contrast to the toughness of his nephews. Doesn't mean weak. David was far from weak. But David was constrained. It was almost like meek. The word meek. Everybody thinks that the word meek means weak. It doesn't not at all. Weak is when you have no strength. Meek is power under restraint. They use that for horses. 
We're strong horses and stuff. They call them meek when they have a very, very strong horse. Jesus was meek and lowly of heart. What can we learn from this? We're to deal with people this way too. Hard lesson for all of us, me included, because my flesh wants to get in the way sometimes when I deal with people. But we need to be people of compassion. We need to be people of mercy. We need to be people of forgiveness. We need to allow God to work in and through us as we deal with other people. David did that. David did that. David shows kindness. David shows mercy. David shows God's grace. He became long-suffering with the people of Israel. He had no want to go out there. David, believe me, David had an army. He could have gone into Israel, kick butt and take names. He could have killed everyone there and demand, I'm king now, you worship me. He could have done that. But he didn't want to do that. He knew that wasn't God's way. He knew that wasn't God's way. You know, I'll go back to it. Many of us have promises from God, and we want so much for that promise to be fulfilled that sometimes we burst our way through and we try to fulfill the promise for God. I'm going to help you out with this promise, God. David didn't do that. Didn't do that. I love this. Let the Lord repay the evildoer according to his wickedness. I have a couple references here. Romans 12, verse 19 says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I love that. The one who trusts in God will not think it's necessary to avenge themselves. If I'm trusting in God, I don't need to avenge myself. I don't need to come after those that might do wicked against me, those that might misjudge me or those that might hurt me. I don't need to come after them. I leave the vengeance to God. It's his place, not my place. I'm to overcome evil with good, and I have this mindset. Look what it does for my enemies. You want to make your enemy crazy? Pray for them. Pray for the Lord to bless them abundantly. Pray for the Lord to give them everything they want. You want to make them crazy? Pray for them. Pray hard for them. Pray hard for them. Overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. Heaping coals of fire on their head. Burning conviction, more or less. And then this morning, I found this. One of my most favorite passages is in Micah, the prophet, the minor prophet. And it goes along with what we're studying here. Chapter 6, verse 8. You know it. He has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, but to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Oh. You want to know what God's will is for your life? You want to know what God expects you to do? Love mercy. I love mercy when it comes at me. <laughs> Not so good at mercy coming to you, but man, when it comes to me, I love it. It's great. Now, that's not what he says. Do justly. Be fair. Be fair. Be just. Be kind. Be compassionate. Love mercy on others. Love to show mercy to others. The same mercy, the same mercy that Jesus Christ showed us on a cross. The same mercy he had on us. For while we were yet sinners, he went to the cross. 
for us. He showed mercy on us. He showed us mercy. And walk humbly with our God, humbly with our God, in a humble state. Walking, I'm not a false humility. True humility before our God, being open before him. Open before God. Open before God. Walk humbly before our God. Hebrews 10, at the end of the chapter, verses 31, 30 to 31, it says, again, for we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. The Lord is the judge. I'm not a judge. The Lord is a judge. There will come a day when I come back with the Lord and I will be a judge. But right now, I'm not to judge anyone lest I be judged the same way. There's several things that can be done when we come to our sins. We can come to Christ and they can be totally and completely washed away. They can be totally forgiven by accepting him and the new covenant that God has established. We're gone. But if that doesn't place, the second thing that's going to happen concerning your sins is that you will have to stand before a holy and just God. And you will have to give an account. And I believe, not scriptural, but I believe somehow it's going to be a question, what did you do with my son? What did you do with the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? What did you do? What did you do? It's fearful to fall into the hands of the living God. It's fearful indeed. One day we'll all face him. Those that have rejected and those that have offended. We look at David and to his greatness he's anointed king yet be kept in all of his own subject. David kept in all of his own subjects and some of them were too hard for him. Who would be found of power when a man may have a name of it and must be accountable for it and yet be hampered to use it? David had all the power at his fingertips. But he held back. I think that made David great. And to his goodness, he ought to have done his duty and trusted in God with the issue. If the law had had its course against Joab, perhaps in the, in the coming chapters, Saul's son... Ishbosheth won't get murdered, or maybe Ammon and the others would have been prevented had David acted prudently with the law. It's a carnal policy and cruel pity that he spared Joab. Righteousness supports the throne and will never shake it, yet it's only a reprieve that David gave to Joab because he tells Solomon to take care of it all on his deathbed. What can we make of this? I'm showing you the good of David. I'm showing you the bad of David. We need to learn from his goodness. We need to learn that he is a man after God's own heart, a man who loved God with all his heart, loved God according to the first commandment, with all his heart, with all his mind, with all his soul, with every part of his being, he loved God. And Jesus made it quite easy for us. Then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, we see that in David. David was loving his neighbor because he was kind and compassionate. He had mercy. He showed forgiveness. He showed grace. We need to do the same with one another, especially in the household of God. Especially in the household of God. You are sure.
The book of 2 Samuel continues the story of King David as he's finally able to ascend the throne. Though he seemed to have achieved God's calling on his life, David's journey wasn't free of problems. David was still human, and he made mistakes that affected him and those he loved. But during the rest of his life, no matter where it took him, David remained a man after God's own heart. When confronted with his sin, David consistently turned back to his heavenly father, confessing and asking for forgiveness. David knew he wasn't perfect and that he needed the mercy only God could provide. Today, we hope you too remember that God's mercy is worth seeking. He's provided for you the grace you need to live free from your sin through the blood of Jesus. Jesus came to die on the cross in your place, taking the punishment your sins deserved. Would you like to know more about having your sins forgiven? Please visit our website then, assurehoperadio.com. Click on How to Be Saved to learn all about what Jesus has done for you and why you need His grace in your life. If you still have questions or would like us to pray with you, please don't hesitate to call us, 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609-884-5821. We're so glad you tuned in today. You can hear more messages like this from Pastor Dave at our website as well. Just click on podcasts slash radio when you visit assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for joining us today on Assure Hope.